0: Are you pursuing a natural lifestyle for yourself and your family? Are you concerned about the standard American diet and options available for healthcare? Are you curious about herbs, or health, or already practice home herbalism? You've come to the right place. My mom, Naomi Kilbrick, is a Christian clinical herbalist and owner of Lord Chi Wellness. She teaches simple ways to live in a more healthy way and to work with plants to promote and restore health. Welcome to the Family Herbalism Podcast. Hello again. I have a question for you. Have you ever felt overwhelmed at the amount of information there is to learn about the plant world and herbal medicine? Well, you are totally not alone. It is very common to feel overwhelmed at the thought that you have to know all the things and understand all the important information before you begin working with plants. But I have to tell you that this is something that people who are new experience, and this is also something that people who are experienced also continue to experience to a degree. And it is completely normal to feel that way. However, today I would like to provide you with an opportunity to learn some basics about herbalism so that you don't have to feel so overwhelmed. And again, I just want to emphasize that this is something that's very common and you're definitely not alone. I also want to point out that working with plants is an opportunity for you to take charge of your own personal health story. And that in that process of taking ownership, sometimes people feel that They have to make all the decisions and they have to gather all the information. But the truth is that you also get to ask for help and you also get to learn from other people and you do not have to know all the things and you don't have to do it all on your own. And in fact, there's a lot of resources out there to help people get started. There are books, there are classes, there are herb walks, podcasts. Facebook groups, and even herbalists that you can work with one-on-one either as a consultant or as someone that you sort of trail behind and learn from them one-on-one. There are literally so many ways to learn about herbs that even that process of deciding how you want to learn about herbs can become overwhelming. So what I want to do today, again, is just to simplify this and show you some simple ways that you can begin to work with plant medicine in your home using what you have on hand or simple things that you can easily access. And even if you are experienced with herbs, there are probably going to be some different ideas in here that you may not have personally experienced. And so I hope that you will find some ideas that you can begin using right away and it will also provide you with some inspiration as you begin exploring new ideas and new concepts around herbalism. So there are lots and lots of ways of working with herbs and I'm sure that you've begun to understand that or maybe you definitely have been around a while and understand that. Um When I work with someone, usually what most people are familiar with is working with um, working with herbs in tea form. So they might be familiar with going to the grocery store and purchasing a box of tea, or maybe they were used to, Buying loose leaf herbs, even maybe you are used to buying loose leaf herbs from a local herbalist or even wild harvesting. Everybody kind of starts from their own place, but teas are the most um, familiar type of herbal medicine that people that people have. Um, so let's talk about tea for a little bit. Where do you get tea from, and is there any difference between the tea that you buy at the grocery store? and the tea that you get at a local health food store or the tea that you grow yourself or wild harvest? Well, there definitely is a difference, but I will say that everybody has their own starting place. So if you are completely new to herbalism, I wanna encourage you to go to your grocery store this week and pick out some simple herbs in, in the tea aisle, in the coffee aisle, that you can begin with. So pick up some chamomile. Pick up some sleepy time tea or pick up some ginger. Maybe pick two or three different flavors and make some tea and experiment with um, how it tastes, maybe without sugar, maybe adding a little honey and just play around with it. Get to know the plants. This is a really great way of making this information, not just head knowledge, but knowledge that really belongs to you. That you can talk about these things from experience and you can know when you need Assistance, what to rely on so there is nothing wrong with going to the grocery store and buying herbs that way they come in little packets you put them in your mug and you pour some hot water over them and most people let them sit for about five minutes until they're cool enough that they can start drinking from them but i will say that there is definitely a difference in the quality of teas that you can buy between the grocery store and other sources Oftentimes, the tea packets that you buy at the grocery store have been around for a little while, and sometimes, uh, you know, you might not know what the quality control is, what the sourcing was for the plants, and so there's less knowledge about where the plants came from and how beneficial they're going to be for you. And so, even though they're a great place to start, if you feel comfortable moving on to the next sort of level with tea, it's always a great idea to purchase them loose leaf from a company that you trust and There are lots of great companies out there there are some big names online that you can that you can trust in um, if you have a local herbalist that sells herbal products, I definitely recommend working with someone who harvests the plants on their own or directly interacts with the plants that are harvested and sold because chances are those herbs are going to be fresher. They'll probably be preserved in a safer way and you're going to get more, more medicinal quality out of those teas. So loose leaf would be the next step. Loose leaf means that the plant is dried and put into one bigger bag or container so that you have to actually measure out the material into your cup. And most people use either a metal tea ball or a little satchel, sometimes made out of cotton muslin, that they can put the loose leaf tea into. And most teas usually require one to three teaspoons But for many people, it's based on how concentrated or how strong you really want your tea to be. And so loose leaf is great. The next step would be growing the plant yourself and drying it or wild harvesting and drying it. You can definitely make tea fresh. This is something that a lot of people ask me. Can you actually make tea out of fresh plant material? And the answer is absolutely, yes, you can. Most people will end up drying their tea that they've grown or wild harvested because it means that you can use it throughout the winter. It's great for preserving it. Um, But it's absolutely safe to work with any, any tea that you would want dried, you could also work with fresh. And so if you're drying it yourself, then the best way to do that is to either use an electric dehydrator or some type of hanging dehydrating rack or if you are really limited on resources you can always put some in a paper bag and put it in your car on your dashboard and the heat from the summer will dry it right up and of course you want to make sure that you know how to identify the plants if you are interested in wild harvesting you can listen to my podcast on wild harvesting But these are some great ways that you can begin to make your own teas. Now there are two other methods of working with herbs that are very similar to making teas, but they are different in that the medicine and the quality of the medicine that you get is going to be more intense. One of them is called a decoction and the other is called an infusion. Let's start with the infusion. So an infusion is almost exactly like a tea except that you would cover you'd put the water and the plant material into a jar or some type of container that you that has a cover and you would seal it up as soon as you've put the boiling water in so that anything that evaporates will fall back into the container and so a lot of the essential oils and things that are volatile in the plant will evaporate off and that's why you can smell your tea because of the volatile oils But there's a lot of medicine in those oils that are evaporating. So if you don't want them to do that, if you want to have a stronger medicine, you can prepare your tea in a mason jar and allow it to brew for anywhere from 20 minutes to a couple of hours with the cover tight. And this will really infuse that water with all the medicinal properties that are water-soluble Into your infusion and then you can go ahead and drink a cup at a time or you could put it in the fridge and you know drink it as an iced tea after you've added some ice maybe Um, so that's a really great option and again you can purchase in that case you probably aren't going to want to add packets of tea like from a box at the grocery store you certainly could just make sure that you add one packet per cup of water to that to that jar but if you're going to be making a lot of quart-sized mason jars worth of infusion, you're probably going to want to get some loose-leaf tea so that you can have more control over the amount of plant material that's going into your, into your infusions. And then you have decoctions. Decoctions are where you actually simmer the plant material in a pot on the stove over direct heat. And the reason you would do this is if you have a plant root that you're working with or something that is much more fibery because when you have a lot of fiber in a plant, it is difficult to break down the medicine by just making a simple tea. And so if you're, if you're making a simple tea, you don't really need it to be brewed for as long. But if you're making a decoction, you really want it to be simmered long enough that that fiber breaks down and releases the medicine. So, for example, if you're making ginger tea, you're working with the root. And so you might chop up a tablespoon worth of ginger root and put it into a small saucepan, pour a couple of cups of water over it, put a cover over it, bring it up to a boil, and then turn it down to simmer for probably about 15 minutes. And that will give you a really nice, strong decoction of ginger. Now you could blend this with an infusion, something that I have done. If I've made a remedy for someone that includes both roots and leaves, what I would do is prepare a quart size amount of water with the decoction. And then I would put the dried leaves or fresh leaves in a jar And pour that boiling water with the ginger that's been or whatever other root that's been simmering for a while over the leaf material and then just let it brew as I would a normal tea. So then you're able to combine both. So those are three different ways that you can prepare herbs very simply using fresh ingredients or dried ingredients. So if you're not familiar with making these things, start with something simple like chamomile or grabbing some fresh ginger from the store, Um, working with basil or other culinary herbs that you have in your pantry. This is a great way to apply herbal medicine if you are limited on cash. Work with things you already have in your pantry. So uh, rosemary, thyme, oregano, basil. Um, all you know all your spices that you have in your cupboard have some health benefits, and that's why they ended up in your cupboard in the first place, whether you knew that or not. Um, it's not just for flavor they've also traditionally for centuries been used for health benefits as well and so you can work with them that way uh, next up a lot of people work with tinctures. Tinctures are a very common way of applying herbal medicine to your life. A tincture is an alcohol-based infusion of plant material. Usually it's alcohol based. You can get them in glycerin, a glycerin solvent, and you can buy them that way. You can make them that way if you're not able to have any alcohol. Uh, This would be more so for people who have some type of liver condition where that's just not Uh, allowed even in small amounts. But for the most part, if you are concerned about alcohol content in the tinctures, you can even put your droppers in a mug of tea or hot water and the alcohol will evaporate off, leaving the alcohol um, absorbable properties behind. Uh, Tinctures are a really convenient way to work with them because you don't have to take the time to prepare a tea. They're great for busy people. They're great for kids. Um, That's really primarily what we work with, probably the most common form of medicine, herbal medicine that I work with in my family is tinctures. And so I try to keep on hand tinctures of the most common herbs that we would want to work with throughout the year. And you can purchase them at a local health food store. You can find some great sources online. I have herbalists that I work with personally. And so if you have a local herbalist or herbal shop, I highly encourage you to shop there. Um, And you can also make them yourself. I do have a program online called Holistic Herbalism for the Family. And at the end of it, there is about an hour's worth of video tutorial that teaches how to make Herbal remedies, including tinctures, and it is available for free to clients. But you can anyone can buy it, and so tinctures. Most most dropper bottles uh, will tell you to take between one and three droppers for an adult size dosage. But there's also a theory that a lot of herbalists work with, which I have been experimenting with over the past year and found it to be just as accurate and just as effective, which is really to work with anywhere between one and 15 drops, which is about half a dropper. And when you work with smaller amounts, uh, oftentimes it's just as effective, if not more effective for a lot of people. And so I encourage people to, to start with a small amount, and then if it's not working for them, they can increase it. But if you get up to three droppers and it's not effective for you, it's probably not the right fit. So uh, tinctures are great. Next up would be capsules. So we are generally familiar in this society with taking capsules of many different things, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, different kinds of supplements, pills, medications are often given in capsule form or something that you can swallow. And so if you are just new to herbalism, it may be that working with capsules will be a helpful way of really getting used to working with plants because it's starting with something that you're familiar. But there are other reasons why you might not want to work with capsules. So if, for example, psychologically, you have issues with swallowing pills or you have trouble swallowing them because of, you know, throat muscle issues or anything, capsules might not be appropriate. And the good news is there there are lots of other ways to work with herbal remedies. Capsules also offer the benefit of carrying medicine directly to the intestines before it begins to really get absorbed and broken down. And so if you are trying to heal your gut, it might be more effective to work with something in capsule form so that the medicine gets directly to the tissues that need it most. So again, looking at the need can help you to determine what, you, what form you're going to use. But if you're just starting starting off and you're not sure, uh, many herbalists go by the idea that the most important thing is just to get it in your body, first of all. And if something needs to be tweaked later on, then that's great. And so, of course, if you are experiencing any kind of chronic illness or severe illness and you you might need to have some extra support from someone who's more experienced who might be able to point out to you, which herbs or perhaps which medications would be most appropriate for you and in which form. But if we're talking nutritional supplements or just general organ support, then and you're trying to support your your intestines, capsules are a great form. Some people like to prepare their own capsules, so you can actually buy uh, not loose leaf plants, but powderized dried plants. And fill your own capsules. So you can buy capsules from many different herbal companies, empty capsules. You can also buy them on Amazon. And there are different uh, little machines and contraptions you can use to fill them. uh, Funnels that you can buy. Or you can attempt to do it on your own, which might be a little bit messy. But it's still an option uh, to experiment with. Or you can purchase them pre-made and ready to go and most herbal companies will sell um, quite a few options for herbal remedies in powderized or capsule form. You can also work with plants in just plain powder form. So one of my favorites is working with powderized kelp because I can just add it to my smoothies or add it to my soup and I hardly even notice that it's there but I know that it's working for me. Spirulina is another seaweed that's really nutritional, really great for you. And I take it in powderized form. Again, I like being able to mix it in with my foods. You can mix it in with oatmeal or other hot cereals and take, you know, powderized herbs that way. And for someone who has texture issues with tasting things or eating things, powderized herbs are a great alternative to getting getting in that nutrition or medicine. So let's see here, compresses. Compresses are one of my favorite ways to work with herbs for topical issues. So let's say you have a rash or you got bit by a bug or you bruised your knee. These are all um, situations where tissues are affected near the surface of the body. And in these cases, take, drinking a tea or taking a capsule or a tincture might help, but it might actually get to the pain and the inflammation faster to work with a compress. A compress is simply a cloth of some kind that is, has the liquid infusion of the plant absorbed into it. So to make a compress, the easiest, the easiest way to do this, this is what I do at home. I prepare a tea or an infusion if I really want it strong and I pour it over a washcloth in a bowl. And then I wring out the washcloth, I apply it to the area, and I let it sit there for probably 15 or 20 minutes. As it cools down, I will reheat it by putting it back in the bowl and wringing it around with the the extra infusion and then putting it back on the skin. And with kids, this is a little bit harder, but if you can get the compress to stay on an area for 20 minutes or more, you're gonna notice uh, you know, benefit if you have the right plant. And so a compress is really easy to work with. You have the materials that you need, a bowl and a washcloth and things to make a tea is all you need. A poultice is sort of a step up from compress. A poultice is very similar, but you actually work with the raw plant in your compress. Uh, or you apply just that raw plant right to the skin so you can either take the plant and uh, make a tea out of it but then use that that plant material that has been soaked you can you can put it into your cloth and dip the cloth and apply it topically or you can take that wet plant material and just put it directly on the skin An alternative to this if you're out in the wild and you need some help right away is to actually chew up the plant material and apply it topically. So you don't have any hot water at all. You're using your own enzymes from your saliva to start breaking down the plant medicine and applying it directly to your skin. So you might do this if you had a cut and you're outside and you have some wild yarrow nearby to stop the bleeding or for a bug bite you might chew up some plantain and apply that topically or you might go inside if you're able to and treat it and treat it with your usual first aid supplies. So far, we have talked about seven, seven different ways to work with plant medicine, but I still have eight more, so I hope you're hanging in there. Next up, we have ice packs. Ice packs are something I have found to be very helpful helpful when you have small children at home especially, but they have also come in handy for adults that I have worked with who have sprained an ankle or bumped their head or done something else where they really needed some ice applied as well as herbs that could be helpful for inflammation. So to make an ice pack, all you do is make a tea of the herb that you've chosen, but then you'll cut up some maxi pads into halves and place them on a cookie tray and pour the tea over the maxi pads until they can't absorb any more fluid. Once they're fully absorbed, then you put them in the freezer until they're frozen, at which point you can remove them from the pan and put them into a Ziploc bag until they're needed. These really come in handy for a lot of different situations, and I definitely recommend having certain things on hand, such as a turmeric ice pack or a comfrey ice pack, or even chamomile, or something that's going to be anti-inflammatory and supportive to joints and inflammation. Next up, we have salves. Salves are another really convenient herbal medicine to work with, just like tinctures, where you have a prepared remedy that's already ready to go. And these are something that you can buy pre-made or you can make yourself. And what a salve is, or some people pronounce them as a salve, It's um, a beeswax. Usually it's a combination of beeswax and some type of fixed oil that has the plant material absorbed into it. For me, what I do to make a salve, which is really simple, is just to choose the herbs that I want for a salve, put them in a jar, a mason jar, and cover it with olive oil until until the plant material is completely covered and then a little extra. And then I uh, let it sit for about six weeks till the plant material has completely let go of its medicinal properties into the oil. And then I strain it out and I mix the oil with the beeswax. Usually I use about a third uh, part of beeswax to one part, um, or I should say one part beeswax to two parts uh, oil. And everybody's going to have their preference as to how much beeswax you want, how much oil and you know if you're making it you can add a little bit more oil afterwards um, to the uh, beeswax if it's too hard or more beeswax if it's too soft but you do this on low heat in a saucepan and again I have all the directions for this in that program online so if you're a little confused by what I'm sharing you can definitely check that out and it will show you step by step how to make those. But salves are really convenient because you can apply them for achy muscles, you can apply them for first aid care. I know people who use them for respiratory support, for headaches, um, you know, arthritis, all kinds of different things. And so you can keep them in your, in your bag, you can keep them in your first aid kit and just apply them topically as needed. So again, look for high quality sources Herbal companies that have good reputations where they can tell you where the ingredients came from and exactly what is in your salve, um, but they're great a great option for convenience sake. Baths are something that can really be helpful for people, especially who experience muscle tension or inflammation throughout their body, or kids that are uptight and need some relaxation, But the heat combined with the water uh, allows for your body to absorb anything that you put into it. So a simple thing like an Epsom salt bath can be quite healing. But you can also put uh, loose leaf teas into your bath or into a foot bath for added support. If you're planning to put herbs directly in your bathtub, I do recommend putting them into some type of satchel so that you don't end up with plant material going down the drain or trying to sieve out the plant material from the bathtub. A satchel will really come in handy. But you can buy pre-made bathtub satchels for, you know, herbal remedies and you can also make your own and uh, I really like that for, for people who have inflammation in their bodies or pain issues um, that really just need to, need to soak in those plants, right? And then we have steams. A steam is where you make, guess what, another tea. You could do this in a bowl or a mug. And then you make a tent by putting a towel over your head and over that mug or bowl so that you breathe in the plant material that is in that tea and when i do a steam i don't usually bother using a tea ball or a tea bag because i know i'm not going to be drinking it and as i'm breathing in the vapors the plant materials is continuing to release more of its chemical properties so i would just put that plant material straight into that mug or bowl pour that boiling water over it and put a towel over my head and breathe it in. This is really great for people who have anything going on with their lungs because it brings the medicine directly to their lung tissue much faster than taking anything in tincture or tea or other forms. So something like thyme or peppermint really helps to open up the airways, kill anything bacterial going on, and loosen up any junk that's in the lungs that needs to be gotten rid of. And so if you're dealing with a virus or asthma or any kind of chronic lung damage, doing a steam is a great way to bring some healing medicine to your lungs. And then we have flower essences. Flower essences are a very diluted form of herbal remedy where you have the plant material made into basically a sun tea so instead of heating up the water you put the flower tops into a bowl of water and you let it sit in the sun for several hours the water has then absorbed some of its more gentle properties and then it goes through a dilution process several times until what you have is a final dropper bottle is about half spring water half uh, brandy or other alcohol Some people prefer vinegar, but alcohol is fine. And a very small amount of your flower essence. And it's similar to working with homeopathics, but I have seen it work very powerfully for emotional support. Uh, I've seen physical symptoms disappear when it's been used for emotional support. I've seen chronic emotional issues that were debilitating, significantly relieved by working with flower essences, so there's something that I definitely consider recommending to clients when they have anything emotional going on. They're super safe, so they are safe to use for kids, for the elderly, for people who are on medications, basically anybody can work with pretty much any flower essence, uh, assuming that it's chosen specifically for them and for their needs. And then we have essential oils. And I saved essential oils to near the last because it's one that is almost a world of its own, as far as remedies are concerned. Most people refer to it as aromatherapy because they're used to uh, they're used by putting them into the air so that you can smell them. And essential oils are directly taken from the plants. They are the oil that has been removed and concentrated uh, directly from the plant. So there is hopefully nothing added to it as a carrier. It is definitely possible to buy essential oils that are not high quality. If you go to the grocery store and you see essential oils advertised and you notice that they're all the same exact price, you know that they're not the real deal. They may still offer some aromatherapy benefits But they are not medicinal quality. And so there's a lot of argument out there about whether it is important to work with essential oils that are pure or whether it's okay to work with essential oils that are not pure. I would compare it to working with some type of candle company. I'm sure you can fill in the blanks. It's probably similar to working with candles if you're working with essential oils that are not 100% pure because you're still going to find the scent relaxing or uplifting or otherwise emotionally beneficial, but it's not something that is super healthy or definitely not safe to take internally or even topically. If you are looking for essential oils that you can apply topically, as in a massage oil or for... Uh, specific acute needs, or for rare occasions when internal use would be appropriate, you really want to make sure that you're purchasing essential oils that are very safe to work with, that are 100% from the plant with nothing else added to them. Um, I could name off brands, but I really want you guys to be responsible for doing your own research and deciding what is appropriate and not. There are some great local companies in various places that produce their own essential oils and you can talk to them directly about how they made their essential oils or extracted them so that you can feel confident about where your essential oils are coming from. But the three main ways of working with essential oils are aromatically, topically, and internally. And each one of them has, there are so many different ways of applying so I'm just going to pick one and talk about that for a second. If you're working with essential oils aromatically, you might put them in a diffuser. You might put a drop on your pillow. You might put a drop at the bottom of your shower. You might put one on a tissue and stick it in the in the vent in your car so that it fills the car with the scent. You might put it in a spritzer bottle and spray your couch or other surfaces You might put it into a body perfume and spritz it that way. There are literally so many ways and and it's basically limited to the extent of your imagination. How else can you get it into your air? And so they can be very helpful for many different purposes for uplifting emotions, physical ailments, emotional support, cleansing, Uh, you know, just so many, so many things. And there are some great books out there that are specifically about essential oils. Um, And so, yes, that's that's a whole other branch specifically. And you can get certifications. I've been certified in aromatherapy. There are whole courses and programs you can take that are specifically about essential oils. But there are two more that I want to point out. One of them is food. And one of them is body care. So when you're working with herbs for food, you can add them to pretty much anything you make. If you are making for example a soup, you can easily throw in some, you know, spinach just as quickly as you can throw in some mushrooms or or kelp uh or kale or whatever. You can throw in all kinds of things. And so you can add in culinary spices or other plants. That you would want to be getting the medicinal benefit from, especially if you want to be able to absorb the minerals from them, because that's really the best. Minerals are more water soluble, and if you put them in a soup, that's a great way to absorb them. You can also blend them into breads. Uh, you can put them into stir fries. You can put them in as uh, make them into rubs for meat. There's so many different ways you can work with them that way. I like to make salad dressings with herbs and you can get a basic salad dressing recipe online and then just custom make your own vinegars by absorbing, uh, basically creating a tincture with a vinegar and then using that with your olive oil or other oils to create a salad dressing. And you can also you can also add some just uh, simple culinary herbs whole into your salad dressing as well. Oxymals are a fun way to work with plants in for food, which is where you take a vinegar that has been infused with the plant material and then you mix it, equal parts vinegar, to honey. And it creates this really like, interesting sweet and sour taste that's actually really good for healthy digestion and it's very tasty, depending on the herbs that you put into it. Uh, our favorite so far is chive blossom, which makes a delicious vinegar, and we put it in our salad dressings. And you can also make an oxymol with it, with the honey. And there are so many other recipes that you can that you can find online. Different ways of working with plants for uh, in, as part of your food, but just don't limit yourself to thinking that I have to, if I'm going to work with plants, that means that I have to get into drinking teas. Well, that's not necessarily true. As you've heard over the course of this podcast, there are lots of ways of working with, with plants and it could just start simply by adding them to your food and being creative with different um, recipes that you can try. The last thing that I told you that I wanted to talk about was body care, and I'm not going to go into how to make each of these. There are lots of companies that produce great products. You can find your own recipes and create your own products. I have created some of my own products, but body care is an area where working with herbalism is really cool because... Right now, there's a lot of concern, and there has been a lot of concern over what is in the body care products that we use. What's in our shampoo? What's in our soap? You know, there's new things coming out about hand sanitizer and how hand sanitizer has properties that block signaling with hormones and can change reproductive hormones and mental processing and all kinds of strange things. And so we're becoming more aware of things we come in contact with And by working with uh, our own homemade or locally made body care products, we can know and be assured of what is going into them. So things like hand lotion, deodorant, toothpaste, body sprays, sunscreen, um, you know, like hand soaps, dish soaps, shampoos, conditioners, all of those things. There are herbal alternatives and there are recipes. Uh, Just this afternoon, I made up another batch of my own laundry detergent. And, uh, you know, that's something you can easily put in some essential oils for extra cleansing properties. So don't limit yourself to thinking that you have to be interested in making tea, which you may be interested in making tea, but there are lots of other ways that you can work with plants. So as a quick review... We t- The 15 different ways that we talked about making herbal remedies included tea, infusions, decoctions, tinctures, capsules, compresses, poultices, ice packs, salves, baths, steams, flower essences, essential oils, food, and body care products. I would finally, I would like to add that when you're trying to source your materials, things like the capsules, containers for your salves, even the beeswax or alcohol, to spend some time thinking about where you're going to go to get those things. Many of them can be purchased at your local grocery store or department store. Many of them can be purchased on Amazon. Amazon. But a lot of herbal companies will actually um, offer options for tools that you might need to produce your herbal remedies. And also remember that some of these don't really need anything other than what you already have in your kitchen. And if you're just starting out, I would definitely encourage you to start simple with things that you already have supplies for so that you don't overwhelm yourself with too many things all at once. Some tips for finding good herbal sources, where to find the herbs that you're going to work with. Number one, look in your pantry if you haven't already and learn about the herbs that are already in your pantry as spices and maybe Italian herbs and things like that. Um, Consider buying teas at at your grocery store if you haven't tried that yet. Wild harvesting or growing your own herbs are great options. If you're looking for an herbal business that already sells products, look around for local options. You can also ask friends, ask uh, Facebook groups. There are tons and tons of Facebook groups out there that are, and people in those groups are more than happy to give their recommendations. And Amazon, I would like to say, is a hub for different sellers. there are, yes, some kooky different companies that you can buy things from on Amazon, but there's also some really great reliable companies that sell things on Amazon. So don't shy away from that, but look for patterns. If you're looking for buying um, buying specific herbs, notice you know if you look up, um, say, thyme, and then you look up milk thistle, and then you uh, look up dandelion or something, and you want to find a company that's reliable oftentimes companies that are reliable will produce a lot of different types of things and you'll be able to check their reviews you'll be able to maybe click on their website and find out about their processing and their harvesting techniques and those will be really important even just reading the messaging. When you check out their website, does it feel like a website that really cares about your product? Or are they just selling something? And you can tell the difference. You can get the idea. And you can always email them and ask questions if you really want to know more. Or if you have, uh, you know, severe allergies, you might want to find out what do they add to their products and ask them about that process. But that's, again, like if you're really digging into it. If you're just starting off, just start with something simple. Go to your local health food store and pick up your tinctures, your salves, your things like that. You know, start with one at a time and experiment with it. And that brings me to my homework assignment for you today, which is, first of all, take a deep breath and know that you do not have to do all of this at once. This is a journey. It's a process. You're starting with something small. And using the inspiration, the excitement that you get from positive experiences to build you up and encourage you to try more things. Right now, I would like you to choose one plant and one method that I've shared and to experiment with that. So work with something you already have if you can or with something you can easily purchase I do have some available in my office. So if you're a local and you're listening to this and you want to pick something up, just let me know. And then after you've tried something, I would love it if you took a picture and you posted it in your Instagram or Facebook stories and tagged Laurel Tree Wellness in it because then I can share it and show other people what you've been up to. And I would love to do that. So if you have any questions, feel free to send me an email at laureltreewellness at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and I will talk with you next week about something new. Bye. The Family Herbalism Podcast is created for educational purposes only. You are responsible for any and all medical and health decisions you choose to make. If you experience a medical emergency, please contact appropriate medical providers. To receive Herbalist support, please visit www.laureltreewellnessllc.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it helpful, please share it with your friends and family. Thank you for listening.